Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Oh my goodness me! What a fantastic goal! What a goal! That is absolutely superb! Huge cheers go up around Emirates Stadium. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of Monday, the 28th of August 2017. I'm your host, Russell Hargreaves. Coming up on today's pod, Olivier Jury reflects on his goals for the Gunners. We also take on the letter L in the A to Z of Arsenal. And the brilliant Adrian Clark is back for this week's Brain of Arsenal as well. But let's kick off by looking back on another trip to Anfield to forget with our weekend review. Let's hear from another Arsenal insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Well, I'm really pleased to say that our Arsenal insider this week is the Mirror's John Cross. Uh, Cross, it was another pretty humbling defeat, unfortunately, for the Gunners. So uh, good morning to you. And uh, yeah, not the best, shall we safely say. No, no. I would think it's a very um, disappointing place to be, really, to be an Arsenal fan this weekend. Um, so, so... Um, poor the performance. I don't think anyone really expected that sort of heavy nature of defeat. It's always a tough game when you go to Anfield, but uh, but I think the nature of the defeat um, really has shocked people and it sort of hurt uh, hurt fans, understandably so. And I suppose, John, one of the key things already is to not let this really kind of linger on and, and bleed through any further. There is now an international break to try and draw mm. a line under it, but it's not going to be easy, that, is it? No, it's not. Um, I think it's... I think it's sometimes better if you do actually have that game uh you know immediately afterwards players always talk about kind of wanting to get straight back at it and kind of take out your frustrations on the pitch and then take it into the next game where i think it's obviously difficult this time it seems like a long time to wait before Bournemouth. so uh that's going to be difficult maybe the players will have some time to stew in it i think some of them have been sort of vocal on social media haven't they sort of offering up apologies for the performance and disappointing nature of the result um, but really, that has to come out on the pitch. I think what everyone saw is a difficult start, really. Um, Leicester at home, Stoke away. I think the Stoke away defeat was was unlucky. I don't think there's uh, you know so much you can say about that. But Liverpool was really tough. So Arsenal really have to get back at it to kind of turn their season around quite quickly. Let's hear a little bit from the boss, Arsene Wenger, speaking post-match and where he feels the game went so badly wrong. Uh, everything. I think from the first to the last uh, minute, we were not at the level requested for such a game. And uh, nor physically, nor technically, nor mentally, we were at the level and uh, we were punished. And 
that's basically it. After you can, uh, of course, be uh, analyzed uh, the chances we gave away, but just think of all uh, the performance was not at the requested level. And it's almost a combination, isn't it, of, of some individual problems and some that are maybe more structural and, and formation-based, plus one or two personnel quandaries as well. There's a, there's a lot of little different things maybe that, that need improvement. There are. I do still think the back three is, is, is something that almost feels like a work in progress. Have you got the right players to do that? I like the system very much when it clicks. It appeared to. Um, but then you, I guess it's balancing sort of it elsewhere, isn't it? I mean, you know, do you play Giroud up front? Do you play Lacassette? You know, who supports him? I have felt that obviously Sanchez perhaps not at the peak of his powers yet after coming back from injury. The midfield two is going to come under the microscope quite a lot. Jack and Ramsey. Um, maybe maybe sometimes you need to sort of change it up. And people, I think. Uh, you know, uh, look at the sort of the best 11 on paper and sometimes the best 11 in your mindset on, on paper isn't always the best combination for the team in which it works well. So I do think if you're going to persevere with, with the back three and that, that formation, then maybe you need to have a look, little look again about the players who are actually there. We've seen certain games against the other biggest clubs in the league. You think of the FA Cup, City, Chelsea, where Arsenal have got it right. But for some reason, there are other big games where it just goes horribly awry. I just wonder what we, we try and even put that down to. Well, I, I do think that the, the running last season and particularly finishing with the FA Cup final, maybe just, I wouldn't say papered over the cracks because I think to, to be on a run as long as that and sort of, I think, 10 wins out of 11 um, just shows the size resilience and quality. But I do think that, that basically... Uh, it, you know, I think it's easier to do that perhaps when you're sort of kind of under, not under so much pressure at the time and they went on this, this amazing run and the, that momentum. I think uh, this season they have been tested already. New faces, I guess, and Lacazette and Kolasinac. Um, I think Kolasinac, you know, probably disappointed not to have, not to have started because he looks a warrior and I'm sure that he'll come back into things in the, in the Arsenal defence. I also think it's really important that Arsenal perhaps kind of get this window shut. Let, let's see who's still there, if anyone goes, if anyone comes in. And I can understand why some Premier League managers want that window shut before the season starts, because I do still think there's a degree of uncertainty uh, in amongst the squad and the players. John, we'll go into this in more detail with Adrian Clark a bit later in the show, but uh, it is a critical week ahead, isn't it? We've got the Europa League campaign starting soon, the return of the Premier League and that Bournemouth game you mentioned, and who's in, who's out, and how they shape up is going to be absolutely critical. Absolutely. I think Arsene Wenger has been very vocal, hasn't he, publicly, on uh, wanting to keep all the players who perhaps have got one year left on their contracts, that Sanchez and... Uh, you know, Oxlade-Chamberlain and Ozil. Um, but sometimes I guess, you, you know, there will be some juggling and I still think there might be some ins and outs. It'll be interesting to see whether they can kind of um, tweak it a little bit and, and remove that uncertainty and bring some players in. But it's so important to get a bit of momentum going, you know, to, to, to win against Bournemouth, certainly to, to get something out of the Chelsea game, to change the mood around because the last thing you want to do is kind of have have sort of a long period of negativity, which, which is obviously affecting the team's confidence and performances. John, appreciate your time, and thank you very much for coming back on as our Arsenal insider, and hopefully we'll uh, join you in happier circumstances a bit later in the season. Look forward to it. Thanks, Russ. 
You're listening to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Well, French striker Olivier Giroud, one goal away from 100 for the Arsenal. He's been speaking to Arsenal.com's Rob Kelly about some of his favourites so far. Olivier, we've got to ask you about your favourite Arsenal goals now. There's only one place to start. We know where it's going to be, that scorpion kick. Just talk us through that and how much do you watch that back now? No, to be honest, I didn't watch it uh, for a few months now. Uh, for me, it's a part of the past, even if uh, yeah, it, it's going to be uh, obviously my, my, my best goal. But uh, I like to remember the ones um, which helped the team to, to win a, a game and even more in the last minutes, like you said. Um, the last one was um, uh, a very important one because, you know, the first uh, game of the season, we, uh, we needed this win at home and to uh, keep the confidence high, you know. And I was very glad to help the team to win this game. And, yeah, obviously I try to... Every single goal is very important, but some of them are even more important because uh, of the scenario of the game. So, yeah, I always try to... It's always nice to score a nice winner one. Do you ever score a goal like that and just look back at the replays and think, I don't know how I did that? Scorpion kick. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, uh, something uh, from um, the sky uh, helped me, if I can say, and, like, you know... Uh, I'm, I believe in God, I'm very religious, so yeah, yeah, I think God helped me a lot on this one. And, uh, but the, um, the balance and the, the fact that I wanted to do it, um, it's, not, uh, it's not all about luck, but obviously there is a big part, big part of luck and you have to try it to, uh, to make it uh, real. Another goal that Arsenal fans always remember is the win that you scored against Tottenham in, I think it was your second season at home at the Emirates, the near post flick. How much did that, that goal mean to you? Yeah, it was my first London derby, and maybe, and or one of the first, and at the Emirates, and Theo um, was on the uh, right side. He crossed uh, an early cross from the right, and I tried to... I tried to to put it in the net, uh, but it was very quick and I have more confidence in my left foot, so I took it from the outside and yeah, it was a, a great feeling because uh, I could measure the, um, how, how big was it for, for, for the fans and obviously for, for us uh, in the dressing room and yeah, it was one of my, one of my best moments, definitely, yeah. What other goals would stick out in your mind? You know, we've got some great ones, West Ham, Everton, uh, volley at Crystal Palace, you know, there's so many. Uh, yeah, I, um, I do like, um, yeah, the one when I came in against Man United uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, it was a hard game for us and um, I came in and I scored semi-volley, um, half volley, I mean, uh, Top corner and um, yeah, at the end of the game they uh, told me yeah, very nice one, but it was not enough. We lost the game, so I was not uh, fully um, happy um, after this one. But um, yeah, there is uh, some nice technique one, like uh, in a technical way, uh, a bit hard to realize. And yeah, there is the West Ham one, Palace, as you said. Uh, 
yeah, it's always um, it's always nice when you do the right uh, gestural to to put it back of the net. Yeah. I was looking at your stats over the last few seasons. Everton away, if about two seasons ago, you scored a last-minute equaliser. Man United away, an equaliser. Bournemouth away, a last-minute equaliser. West Brom, a late winner. Leicester at home, a late winner. What is it about you and late goals? Um, you know, uh, always one of my strengths is maybe my <coughs> mental strength, you know. And I always uh, keep the face and believe that... Uh, we need to fight uh, until the last minute, and that's uh, something I really believe in. And uh, yeah, never give up, and it's never, um, it's never finished, you know. So that's why uh, I always um, keep to keep keep the focus, you know, high, and keep the head cool, and yeah, try to to. To put, uh, to put it uh, back of the net when I have the, the opportunity. Yeah. The Edge. To Z. Or Charlie George, you can hit him. Oh, look, we go! Back up is down Pires. Pires towards Henri. Arsenal found a goal. For this week's A to Z of Arsenal, we explore the letter L. L is for Lacazette, Arsenal's new record signing, who took just 100 seconds to open his Arsenal account on the opening weekend of the season. Toward Hector Bayerin, then on Lennian, and Lacazette! What a start! Alex Lacazette inside the opening one minute, 40 seconds, has put the gunners in front here against Leicester. A sensational start to Alex Lacazette's career. L is also for the team that the Gunners paid that record transfer fee to for Alex's services, Leon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The last time the two teams met was the 2015 Emirates Cup, a 6-0 victory for Arsenal with Alex Iwobi introducing himself to the Emirates faithful. Okay, again, and here he is, Oxlade-Chamberlain. This time it's to Ozil. 
Ramsey through to Iwobi. Oh, yes! He's taken that one really well. There's Alex Iwobi. His first senior goal for the Gunners. And a really well-taken one at that. The two teams, Arsenal and Lyon, also met in the 2001 Champions League. And that season, another L, Laurel, was in his debut campaign. He'd signed from Mallorca in 2000 and made an instant impact on his full debut against Liverpool. It's towards Lauren. Goalkeeper in trouble, Adams. Lauren again. And finally it is it. Westerbelt flapped at it. And Lauren gleefully smashed it home. On his wrong foot too. In total, Lauren played 159 times for the Arsenal, becoming an invincible in 2004. The Chalkboard with Adrian Clark. So Adrian Clark joins me as ever, and uh, Clarky, good morning. I say good morning. It isn't really a good morning, is it? Um, I'm not feeling happy. It was it was a miserable, miserable afternoon at Anfield, wasn't it? Um, I guess we should probably just draw a line under it now. We move on. We move on to the question on the chalkboard today. What would you like to see happen by transfer deadline day? What would you like to see come in? Well, I think it'd be very, very interesting to see what happens in terms of the departures. I know that Arsene Wenger, it appears that he's he's looking to offload a few members of the squad that need football, to be perfectly honest. The, the squad is a little bit bloated at the moment. Too many players of first-team quality are nowhere near the first team. So I think they, they need to be shipped out, uh, either on loan or, or some will go on a permanent basis. Yeah, in terms of incomings, goodness... Um, I think centre-half has to be a priority. I really do. I've been saying this since the end of last season, really. Whether Arsenal stick with three at the back or four, I, I just feel that we can strengthen that department. We don't quite know how many games we'll get out of Lauren Koscielny this season with his ongoing injury issues. And, you know, Rob Holding's a young guy, Pierre Mertesacker at the other end of the spectrum. I do think we, could, we can upgrade in that particular area. Also in central midfield, I think it's vital really that we get somebody in there to help out the guys because we've been very very open in that particular department so it's so an engine room specialist someone who knows how to really be disciplined and defend and and also a center half mm. hopefully it will happen uh do you think it will this is the other issue i suppose it's all well and good highlighting who should go and come mm. but actually making it happen between now and thursday can be another issue entirely it can uh, and it all feels like it's a little bit last minute i guess um we've seen this before and and some of the players that have been brought in at the death in pre previous years have gone on to do okay actually not not every player has been a success story but there have been a few I remember Mikel Arteta per Mertesack has been a good servant as well he came in at the death so we'll have to wait and see um I think Arsene Wenger, I'm sure, would have liked to have done more business earlier on in the summer. No question about that. Um, but it is what it is. And the targets that Arsenal have clearly been chasing haven't come off. And everybody behind the scenes, it's now down to them. The ball is in their court. No more matches between now and the end of the transfer window. All the focus can be on these business dealings. And I'm, I would like to see at least three new faces come in. And I would expect to see four or five go out. OK, Clarky, let's move on then to, as things stand, what do you think is actually Arsenal's best formation <laughs> and what 11 would you put into it? Goodness, it, it is really tricky. And I think this is part of the... This is at the crux of the problems Arsenal have got at the moment, is what is 
the best eleven. I don't think anybody can be completely sure. And, and if you look at United, Chelsea, even Liverpool, Spurs, you, you could name their best eleven, and I think most people would agree. Um, I wouldn't necessarily ditch the three at the back formation. I don't really think the two defeats have been down to the formation. I think it's been down to decision-making of the players. What I think has been a problem is in central midfield. The two of Ramsey and Jack are both great players, but they've left too many holes in the, in the heart of that pitch. So either you need to change one of those players, bring in someone a bit more disciplined, someone more defensive, or you add a third body. Now, I would be interested in, in doing that. To be perfectly honest, I think a 4-3-1-2 formation is something that we haven't really seen from Arsenal. And I'd like to see it try. Could be a bit narrow, couldn't it? Unless the fullbacks well, bomb the full, on. Well, the fullbacks always bomb on for Arsenal. So, uh, and you've got um, front players that will drift out wide. You've got Mesut Ozil, if he's the one in behind, let's, for supposition's sake, Lacazette and Alexis Sanchez, if he's in behind them, then he will drift into wide areas. I just feel at the moment a three-man engine room could help Arsenal moving forwards because we're just too open there. Stoke found big holes and Liverpool found even more pockets of space. So that's something that the team really needs to work on. Three at the back, perhaps better at home? I don't know. Could there be almost a, a division there? Three at the back worked fine at the end of the last season. It was Players were concentrating, they were showing discipline, um, they were making the right decisions. I think whether it's a back three or a back four... It's almost irrelevant as long as the players, the defensive players, are keeping to their positions and are focusing on their job. And I think discipline is the key word. And it's been, unfortunately, it's been lacking in, in recent days. If you stick with the three at the back, then why not look at a 3-5-2? We've seen that with various teams at the start of this Premier League season. I think we can tinker a little bit. As we can tinker as much as we like. The bottom line is it comes down to the attitude and the decision-making of the players, and, and that's what's got to improve. OK, Clarky, appreciate your thoughts on that. High time, we locked horns once again with the return of Brain of Arsenal. Brain of Arsenal. Liam Roberts, the Arsenal Weekly Podcast editor, joins us on the show. Liam, I'll ask how your bank holiday was. Um, probably like Clarky, a bit, a bit down in the mouth. Yeah, morning, fellas. Yeah, it was uh, it was a, it was a bit of a strange one, wasn't it, yesterday? But um, hopefully, the international break will now uh, it'll be better in a couple of weeks. We will see. Uh, of course, Clark and I have been locking horns the last couple of weeks in our our new little head to head quiz. Yeah. So um, last week, heroics by both of you, getting four <laughs> out of four for your chosen chosen Arsenal specialist subject. Um, Russ, you're on to your third week answering questions on Mark Overard. So. Uh, I think last week was a little bit too easy. Yeah, so, uh, Mark, so Mark's going... Mark's going to take out a restraining order if he gets maximum points again this week. Yeah, uh, Liam's also going, changed the rules. Deep. I've noticed. Yeah, we're, where... going, we're going deep this week. <laughs> Apparently, it's no longer just certain sources. It's anything goes, oh. which worries me. Oh dear. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Too too yeah, late. There's then. only so much. There's only so much Wikipedia pages on Mark Overmars. <laughs> so that's that deep now. And Adrian, you'll be on your second week on Perry Grove. Yeah. So, um, Yes, and last week, Adrian, I think you chose if you wanted to go first or second. Was that right? Uh, no, I think Russ chose. I chose, yeah. yeah. Russ chose to go first. Um, I'll, I'll go first. Let's, let's put a bit yeah. of pressure on, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Famous last words. Okay, so standing by, here's your four questions on Perry Groves starting now. Um, Perry has a famous uncle who captained Arsenal in the 1950s. What is his name? It is Vic Groves. 
Indeed, one out of one. Uh, question two, how much did Southampton sign Perry for from Arsenal? Oh, that's a good question. I, it, it rings a bell, £750,000, but I may be way off the mark there. Correct. Oof. Spot on. Absolutely spot on. <laughs> Question three. Who did Perry score his final goal for Arsenal against? Oh, now you got me. Now you got That wasn't on Wikipedia. <laughs> 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 well, it was even less on Perry Groves on Wikipedia. Yeah. So, uh, um, oh, well, I have to take a complete uh, punt on this one. Let's go for Spurs. It was Sheffield United. <laughs> Rock hard, that was. Final question. How old is Perry? Oh, oh, oh. I hope I'm not doing a disservice. Um, he looks much younger, <laughs> but I'll say, I think 52. Correct. Oh! Pulled it out of the bag. 75%, three out of four. Mm, mm, That's well, a very good showing. Well, let's, to... yeah, let's hope your questions are uh, equally tough uh, for the man opposite. I'm worried now. I'm worried. Having exhausted the two major sources, <laughs> I am deeply concerned about... I think I, I don't think I should have gone three straight weeks on Mark Overmars. I may have made a mistake here. Time will tell. OK, so, Russ, four questions of Mark Overmars. Week three, here we go. How many goals did Mark score in Arsenal's 1997-98 Premier League winning campaign? Oh, I'm just trying to picture them all from my in-depth research of the last three weeks. I am going to say 11. Oh, it was 12. Oh! That's not bad. That's not bad for not being on Wikipedia. As a famous quiz master would say, it's good, but it's not right. (laughs) Was he American? I'm not not doing an Irish accent, sorry. (laughs) Okay, question two. Mark scored his first goal for the club in a friendly against which side? Oh, my God. (laughs) He he has head in hands as we speak there. I think this <laughs> glorious run is about to come to an end. I will say, oh, let's just throw it out there and say it was controversially against Ajax, but I have a feeling it wasn't. It was. It was no. Stad Neonay from Switzerland. I don't even know who they are. Okay, it's all over. It, it is, but we've got to, we've got to go through the motions because I need to know how many points you get. So, question three: Who did Mark score his final goal for the club against? Was it Sunderland? It was West Ham. Oh god, this is all going horribly wrong. And horribly finally, wrong. Finally, you've got you can't get zero, Rush. You cannot get zero. <laughs> Mark scored the winning goal against Manchester United at Old Trafford in 1998. But what minute did he score the goal in? Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> this is crazy. Seventy-two. It was 79. Oh. Oh, it was difficult to watch, to be perfectly honest. I'm not taking Never my... go for the three-peat of a topic. I'm not, I, the lesson I'm not taking a lot of pleasure, pleasure in this, yeah. to be honest. This is this is quite cruel. So Adrian Clark wins 3-0. Three, three and Adrian, you're on to week three of Perry next week, so you know what's coming. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just doing basically a nod to the first team by having a, a hefty defeat to end the bank holiday weekend. <laughs> Yeah, it's not been a good weekend for you, Russ. Um, so, uh, moving on now, Russell, you need a new specialist subject for you. Let's move away from Mark Overmars and stick with... Let's stick with the, the Dutch legends of the club and let's go with Dennis Bergkamp and his time at the Gunners. 
Okay, then. So we'll have some questions with them to work for you next week. So, um, yep. Happy revision, guys. <laughs> Cheers, Liam. I need it on the back of that blind meat. Liam, thank you very much indeed. Clarky, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> Cheers. See you soon. Well, that's full time on this week's show. Our thanks to Adrian Clark, to John Cross and to Olivier Giroux for their contributions today. We'd like to know how we're doing on the podcast, so leave us a rating and review on iTunes. You can subscribe as well and also find us on Acast these days. And don't forget to get your questions into Clarkie as well for the chalkboard on Twitter using the hashtag ArsenalWeekly. We're back on Monday, the 4th of September. And until then, it's bye for now. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.